everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that discusses video game news, stories, and the biggest topics in the industry. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I'm your host. Joining me today is my co-host, Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going today? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks, uh, thanks as always, for joining me today. Uh, Absolutely. We have a packed episode. Um, we teased kind of last week that we were going to have a whole episode devoted to Gamescom and all the major announcements that have come out. Well, I guess I shouldn't say all the major announcements because, man, there's like it's been a, a packed week full of news. And so what we decided to do is uh, me and Adam are going to basically th- this episode run through the four kind of, I guess, major presentations that we had to, to kick Gamescom off. We had uh, Xbox doing an inside Xbox show. We had Nintendo with their own indie world. It was kind of like a new branded Nindies presentation, I guess. And then we had a Stadia Connect, a Google Stadia presentation. And then we had Opening Night Live hosted by Jeff Keighley, of course, the host of the Game Awards. So we thought that the best way to kind of get the major news out is kind of run through those presentations, share the major announcements from them. Um, we won't be able to talk about everything that was announced, but we'll, we'll touch on the things that were important and give our takes on them. And then we'll just kind of just talk about the presentations, what we thought about them. They were, it's interesting. Gamescom is, it's kind of one of those things that it's huge. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think Gamescom is it's, it's technically bigger than E3, isn't it? Like, there's more people, I think, that, like... Yeah, in terms of, like, foot traffic and, and things, um, yeah, it's it's bigger than E3. Mm-hmm. So, there is so much to talk about from it. Um, but even though it's bigger, it's interesting that, like, there's still... You know, E3 is the definitely the commercial side of it. I think Gamescom is more of... It, they still have these kinds of presentations and stuff, but there's a, people from all over the world... Uh, big and small, from developers to gamers to the media that come uh, to to basically celebrate games. This is just a, a convention for all of games and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the bigger sh- conventions of the year and stuff. So it's obviously we want to cover it on the show. And uh, yeah, we got some really cool stuff that I'm excited to talk about in this episode. So uh, that's what. This week's episode is going to be, uh, but before we get to all that, just a reminder that the podcast airs every Tuesday and it's available on all the major podcast services. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, basically just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use and it should pop up there for you. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use. It goes a long way, helps support the show. If you listen on iTunes or I guess Apple Podcasts now, Make sure you leave a review on the show. Uh, leaving a review is the best way to kind of get the podcast uh, in in the the algorithms. Um, I don't really know how it works, but basically, uh, leaving reviews it has there's a better chance that it's more it shows up easier when you search it and stuff like that. It's not buried with all the other millions of podcasts that are out there. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts and you want to leave a review, please do that. That would be much appreciated. Um, And then one more little reminder, if you enjoy the show, you can further your support through donations. So in the show notes, there's a link to the Anchor page, which is my host's site for the podcast. And basically, you can contribute to the podcast at a monthly 
rate. So you can donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month, or you can just basically donate and you don't need to set up reoccurring monthly payments or anything. You can make a one-time donation if you'd like. And those donations basically help support the podcast. Me and Adam do this out of our uh, spare time. We don't make any money out of it or anything like that. Um, But it would be really cool if one day we could get enough money uh, to really put some more production value into the show, be able to, you know, get more guests on, add more segments to it, stuff like that. So if you feel like you want to further your support by donating, that would be super appreciated. But of course, um, it's completely voluntary. If you just want to enjoy the show free every week, you can still do that. So um, link for that is in the show notes. All right, let's get into talking about Gamescom. So to kick things off, uh, Adam, how will you kind of run us through Inside Xbox and what Microsoft uh, presented at their presentation for Gamescom? Yeah, um, sure. This was a um, uh, Inside Xbox event. It was a uh, pretty meaty presentation. Um, I'd say maybe about an hour and a half, hour, 45 minute long Um just announcements of games, uh, DLCs, information, interviews with developers, things like that. So, um, one of the one of the big things here is you know Xbox real big on their their Game Pass, and uh, they they flexed really hard with Game Pass at this event. Yeah, big time. Um, they had uh, so many games to announce uh, for Game Pass, big, uh, meaningful announcements, and so they did a great job. And, um, I love Game Pass. I think it's awesome. Um, I can't say enough. I, and I mean, obviously, we're not endorsed by Xbox or anything. <laughs> I would love it if they paid me every time I yeah, said no it. Kidding, uh, right? Game Pass is great, but <laughs> Game Pass is really freaking great. Um, so, uh, pretty early on in the show, they announced that um, first off, Game Pass Ultimate is available for two dollars for two months. Um, so basically, four bucks, uh, you can get two months worth of. Uh, game pass to try it out uh it's the game pass ultimate so um that gives you uh xbox live gold in there as well and then of course um access to all the games that they put on there so uh just running down through uh all the game pass editions here real quick so uh devil may cry 5 is out now um that just came out this year so that's a really big Like title to just like be able to play for nothing extra. Yeah. So two bucks, you play Devil May Cry Five. Yeah. Um, Age of Empires Definitive Edition um, also is available now, although it's PC only. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's the Game Pass for Windows Ten. Um, so it can't be played on console. But um, if you have a PC and you have Game Pass, you can just log in on that, download the app, play the game. Um, also available now, Stellaris. Um, uh, August 22nd, uh, so just yesterday is the time that we record this, uh, they released Kingdom Come Deliverance, so another pretty big uh, get for Game Pass. Um, Game Pass for PC, uh, they released Ape Out, um, which I just tried uh, a couple minutes ago before we started the podcast, just to give it a whirl. I downloaded it on my computer and gave it a little try. Um, 
didn't get too far into it, but um, seems pretty fun it's, so far. I I played it earlier this year on the the Switch, and it's a it's a great game. It's Devolver Digital, so it's like just has a lot of style to it. Yeah, they just stuff, they don't so. publish bad games. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're pretty much guaranteed to have a fun time with it. And it's it's a game I've been wanting to play for a while, and I was at one point I I wanted to get it for the Switch, but mm-hmm. when they announced that i'm like well i gotta try that out exactly, now at the time yeah. i thought it was coming for console and as of right now it's just pc but you know, i have a pc and could definitely run it so yeah, i figured yeah. i'd give it a try um so there's those two games then on august 27th uh, bard's tale 4 will be uh coming out for game pass a few days later on august 30th uh blair witch new game coming out will be available on Game Pass. So again, another big yeah, uh, was, big title getting released on Game Pass. It's super impressive. I was surprised um, by that because yeah. uh, we just got a well that it's not a first party game from my understanding. It's Yeah, I it's, didn't think so. It's because it was on Xbox's stage at E3. It was, yeah. And um it's uh yeah so when i i didn't expect it to because it was an exclusive maybe they had some sort of licensing deal with with xbox i was thinking okay that's pretty cool but to think that it's coming to game pass the day it comes out like that's pretty rare Uh, obviously we see the first party games have that happen too but yeah that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah so from there uh they talked about gears pop so it's the gears of war spinoff Funko Pop game mm-hmm. for mobile devices uh, that came out August 22nd um, so that is available now I haven't tried it yet I doubt that I will but <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know I guess it's cool for those that are into to gears and want to try it out I have to say that I think it was was it E3 last year because I don't think it was this year I think with the the gears pop like reveal yeah. trailer was the biggest troll <laughs> in like a long time at the E3 presentation they did the typical like oh this is a gears game so it's like the get hype moment and then people right. see that it's based on these collectible <laughs> funko pops and it's like are you kidding me right now but then of course they announced gears right. 5 so <laughs> which i mean they kind of had to yes they're, if you're going to do something been riots like that if they did, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah uh, so from there, there was a uh, Ghost Recon breakpoint, um, basically a four versus four PvP trailer. Okay. Um, kind of takes small squad uh, versus mode and kind of combines the uh, shrinking circle mechanics that we see from. Um, God, what are the uh, battle royales? Battle royale yeah. games. That's it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Uh, so it kind of combines, you know, traditional uh, PvP shooter multiplayer and then the battle royale mechanics together. Closing map. Kind of a mashup, yeah. So there was they, uh, they had that. Um, some more talk on Borderlands 3. I feel like this game is starting to get talked to death. Yeah, jeez. Um, there's just <laughs> kind of an overload of Borderlands over the past couple months. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of white noise for me. It, you, it looks like a decent game. They did go over um, a new, I guess, a new class that you can play as, mm-hmm. the Beastmaster class, which did look pretty cool. Um, but again, it was just... Yeah, it's, it speaks to the Borderland fans, but for everyone else, it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's, I mean, even as someone that's played the, you know, the first few Borderlands games and 
mildly interested in Borderlands 3. It's just like, okay, I've heard enough about this. Exactly. It, it, let it come out. They have really ramped up their, their marketing the, mm-hmm. the last month for sure. Yeah. Uh, from there, there was a uh, PUBG Season 4 coming out. They also announced that it's going to be cross-play. Uh, so those that are playing on different devices all going to be able to play together now. So it's good for that. That's awesome. Uh, they announced... Uh, there's a game called Vigor. Uh, it's free free to play. It's available now. Uh, it looked like a kind of a, like a post-apocalyptic shooter type, like almost like a Fallout 76. Hmm. Um, from what I could tell from the trailer that they released, it looks okay. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's just kind of another shooter. Yeah, like exactly. Xbox has so many of those. It's again kind of becoming white noise amongst all the other games that are out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had they announced uh, XO19 coming later this year. Um, it's they really talked it up, made it sound really cool. It's poised to be the biggest inside Xbox show of the year, so they're going to have a lot of first party stuff, third party stuff. Um, you know, maybe some more information on Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll definitely be something to to look forward to. And uh, Phil Spencer will be there, so it's you know going to be a pretty big pretty big event so i'm looking forward to that did you catch the xo 18 event last year i did not i missed it yeah so it was um basically like they had held these events in the past and last year was their re- kind of revival of this mm-hmm. you know xbox produced show it wasn't you know it's not like it's them on gamescom or them on e3 stage right it was like their own kind of Thing kind of like PSX, right? Um, right. Which was kind of difficult because that's what a lot of people, I think, were going in kind of comparing it to. It's like, okay, this is Xbox version of PSX or whatever. But it's it's more of kind of like this inside Xbox show. Um, it's, you know, for those of you who don't know, inside Xbox is like a segment that they do once a month. I think once a month, but it's it's pretty low key. It's more for the smaller announcements. Um, mm-hmm. It's we're they, We do get some pretty cool things out of it just like we did from this this inside xbox but uh the the xo18 was kind of like that just on like steroids i guess they had way more announcements it was a longer show uh Mm -hmm. it was held in mexico city and which was really cool because that's not a typical venue um right or, or i guess location for an event like that usually it's in somewhere like LA or whatever, right? And yeah. uh, so that was really cool. The biggest criticism of the event was you had it almost looked like they had bought out the crowd. <laughs> so like <laughs> the they were crazy, and I shouldn't say that because like I think they were just like super hyped and like they had like all these fans are you know this is the first time they've ever experienced anything like this and stuff. So. Yeah, it's I, I did an episode on it, uh, just totally devoted to last year's event. So we'll probably do the same when this one comes around. So Yeah, and this one will be in London. Uh XO okay. will be in London. Cool. So they announced the venue for that. Awesome. Um new game coming out, Greedfall. Uh, I'm not sure if this was like a premiere trailer or if this was something I don't remember hearing about this before. Um, but it's it's a it's different as far as Xbox mm. games go, so that's pretty cool. It's uh, basically like a uh, like action RPG. It kind of reminds me of like a Witcher meets Dragon Age uh, type game. So it looks interesting. Yeah, you know, cool. you make choices. Your choices matter. Um, you can recruit uh, characters to kind of fill out like a party. Um, then, of course, 
you know, you might have characters that don't like each other and you kind of have to pay attention to the party members or they could leave. And so there's um, very hefty uh, mechanics to, to manage your party. Um, but they have, you know, stats, HP and, you know, different abilities, skills, um, things like that. So hmm. that seemed kind of interesting. Uh, I believe that comes out September 10th. Wow, that's, that's uh, so crazy. Pretty, yeah. I'd never even short. heard of this game and it's yeah, coming out it's next month. Yeah, the first time wow. hearing about it. I'm yeah. like, but if it's coming out September 10th, you'd think, you know, they would announce it earlier. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it could just be one of those cool things, like announce it and then boom, it's coming mm-hmm. out in a couple weeks. So. Keep it keep it while the conversation's exactly. hot. Yeah. Uh, they showed a trailer for The Surge 2. Um, I did not play the first one, so I don't know how this stacks up against that, but um, it's basically like a futuristic action RPG thing, kind of like a futuristic Dark Souls yeah. type game. Um, you have like an exosuit, and you can fit it out with all sorts of different weapons and uh, upgrades and things like that. Um, that comes out uh, September 24th. Um, so that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, some information on Destiny 2 Shadow Keep. Uh, Metro Exodus DLC coming out, or actually should be out now. It came out August 20th. Gears of War 5. They showed off the Horde mode, which uh, I think they they just had a trailer for at E3 this past year. Yeah. Um, so they showed off uh, actually pretty extensive gameplay. They spent a lot of time on on Horde mode. It was kind of Gears Five was kind of the last thing they were showing. But, yeah. Uh, Gears Five comes out September 10th, or if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you can play four days earlier, September 6th. Um, so again, another really cool thing with with Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they do have, uh, they showed off a console bundle for it. Pretty sick looking uh, console and controller. Yeah, it looked really neat. Um, It's going to be cross-play with Steam, so it's not going to, it's going to be on Xbox and Steam, and uh, it'll have cross-play, so that's kind of cool. It's not just completely locked on um, on the the console. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, Last note on that is uh, two Halo Reach characters, uh, Kat and Emil, are going to be playable characters in gears in a few of the gears five uh modes so like horde mode you'll have access to those characters um i think there's another multiplayer mode that they're available as well um you know with unique abilities and things like that so um yeah pretty cool um there's some other things too um throughout but those were kind of like the the biggest things i thought so cool so i unfortunately i i watched like portions of it here and there I missed it when it was live, and so I tried to catch up this week. So I'll, you'll you'll have to kind of lead the way here. But what did you think of it overall as a presentation? I thought it was really good. Um, I might actually have liked that better than their E3 presentation. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it didn't have as many games, obviously, as you you know, because yeah. E3, Phil Spencer comes out, talks a little bit, and then it's like, boom, game, boom, game. Yeah. But I feel like these were these were good announcements. Like mm-hmm. it, there wasn't a whole lot of like brand new mind blowing things, but there was a lot of good content. Um, you know, some of the interviews, you know, maybe weren't entirely necessary, but I feel overall, you know, they, they showed a lot of different things. It was a very diverse um, uh, conference in terms of what they showed. So it was a little, a little something for, for everybody. Maybe there could have been a little bit more, um, in terms of things that they could have shown. But I think overall it was really good. 
Yeah, they. I I like it as well. I think like the the inside Xbox shows and stuff that live or not are are pretty cool. Obviously, the um, pre-recorded ones and stuff are usually shorter and focus on smaller announcements. Things like here's new controllers coming and that kind of stuff. Controller designs. Um, I if you like this one, yeah, you'll definitely like the the XO19. I think too because they do like last year. I I totally glossed over this but um they one of the big things from that event was them making announcements like uh that they uh what is it obsidian they had was joining xbox game studios and in exile and so that was like really big news and stuff like that and um they was throughout the entire show they brought out um we're gonna announce 20 games coming to game pass in the next like I don't know, several months or whatever. And so throughout the show, it's like, here's three more games coming to Game Pass. And so it was awesome. Like, <laughs> I, 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 to echo what you said earlier, like Game Pass is such an awesome service. And I love that every kind of presentation that we're getting from Xbox right now definitely has a, a big focus around Game Pass and stuff. So, um, yeah, I love how much, like, it seems like, as Game Pass continues to kind of grow, we keep getting more of these AAA games coming quicker to the service and stuff. So I love it. Cool. So that is uh, the Inside Xbox show. Let's transition to something uh, quite a bit different that I'm sure we probably have a different feelings towards. Um, at least I, I have some very specific thoughts on this one, next one here. So... Uh, Google Stadia had their Connect presentation. This was a pre-recorded video that they aired, and um, it was part of their series. Their Connect series is what they call these Stadia Connects. So they're very similar mm-hmm. to the Direct style, Nintendo Direct style presentations. Um, so the the format of it was basically like, here's a game, and they they talk about it a little bit, and then they show a trailer, and then it would be like. Here's another game, and then they show a trailer. Okay, the the setup of it was kind of around that kind of pattern. Um, I will preface before I kind of go over some stuff here that this one probably had the the least amount of new news out of it. Um, mm-hmm. It sure. was <laughs> it was like a lot of stuff that we already kind of knew about, or games that already exist or are already out. And they were just kind of being announced that they're coming to the Stadia platform. This so, really probably could have been like a, like a blog post, totally. saying, "Hey, yeah. you've you've heard about these games. Now they're going to be available on Stadia." Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll run through it here. The biggest piece of news uh, out of it was that I guess Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is coming to Google Stadia. Um, that's sweet. That yeah, that's awesome. That's a obviously a super anticipated game. Uh, coming out next year, April sixteenth, twenty twenty, and it's. I'm like I, I I'm not like surprised that it's coming to Stadia because it, mm-hmm. but it really shows that Stadia is like we're we're here to get like the biggest games on our platform as well. So, um, yeah, it's that that's really awesome that it's coming to the service. Unfortunately, there's no clear release date on it. They didn't. Yeah. They they made a specifically they alluded to the fact that that it was coming to Stadia. Um, so I'm assuming that it's probably going to be shortly after it releases on consoles and stuff like that. Um, 
hopefully we don't have to wait too long because the thing with that is is like i would love like I, i'm on board with stadia um i would love to have it for stadia because then mm-hmm. you know if i'm traveling or whatever i can pull it up on my laptop i can pull it up on my phone or something not that that would be my preferred place to play that kind of game but yeah um you know i have those options available as i can you know go on my chromecast at home and play it from there um but you know i want to play that game as soon as it comes out and so if i'm buying you know uh, a 60 dollar copy or whatever on release date like why would i want to go buy it again right there's not an incentive to just just for portability reasons so and you got to figure this is going to be a hefty game too and mm-hmm. I mean, stadia their whole thing is no downloads and mm-hmm. no installs and no updates required mm-hmm. so i mean just being able to just hop right into a game like this and be able to play it you know anywhere in your home at any time or take it on the go like that would be huge like this this would be an absolute incredible thing if it launches day and date on stadia like it would be something that if i don't have stadia by the time that comes out like i could see that being the service that um i would want to play the game on yeah absolutely for sure so yeah definitely a big i guess a big thing coming to stadia um hopefully they announce before the release date when it's coming because if it's a matter of like weeks then who knows but if it's still like we're a month away from release and we have no idea we're still left in the dark it's kind of like okay this is further out probably than we expected um so yeah, basically the rest of the presentation were just kind of other games that were confirmed for Google Stadia. So we got to see some of these. We got to um, some of them are newer games, I think that like n- not a lot. Um, so we got a game called Kine, uh, Darksiders Genesis, which is kind of like the dungeon crawler. It's like basically Darksiders version of like a Diablo type yes. game. It looks yeah, really, looks really good. cool. Yeah, it yeah. looks awesome. Um, I played the first Darksiders, like, well, I, I didn't beat it, but I played a large portion of it back in the day on Xbox 360. And I like the the world of Darksiders. I think it's a cool, cool game. Um, and, but it, you know, that kind of, I wasn't really, that kind of game wasn't really doing it for me. And I think this kind of style of game in that kind of universe is something that I could totally get behind. So, uh, yeah, Darksiders Genesis. Orcs Must Die 3. This is, I believe, an exclusive coming to Google Stadia. They spent a lot of time on this game, oddly enough. Um, they did a thing where they showed the game and then they go uh, and take a little bit deeper of a dive and talk to the developers and stuff. And, you know, part of me is like wanting to because like these developers are obviously super passionate about their projects um i can't imagine how much work and they've put into these games and how it's how they've probably their their personal lives have been impact like it's a lot of it's a lot of work to make a video game long story mm-hmm. short and i don't want to you know dismiss that but it's also at the same time these kinds of presentations they're only so long and to spend that much time on one specific game is kind of like it's weird right like it, it's yeah. especially because they even the developers know that this isn't a game this isn't cyberpunk 2077 right. right like this is they're aware that there's games out there that everybody has eyes on and so i think those are the games that could maybe have a little bit more attention but 
Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Windjammers Two. This is <laughs> Windjammers is a old school game that um, I think this is the was the f- like from my understanding the first we like this was a reveal of this game. I don't think we knew about uh, this game coming uh, until this it was announced here. This uh, Windjammers Two, I think, was announced. I want to say it was in a Nintendo Direct. You know what? Um, now that you're saying that, I think you're right. Because there was the re-release or like remake or remaster of the original Windjammers, um, and they also mentioned Windjammers Two. Mm. So I think this has been known uh, before. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think you're right. That's ringing a bell for me. So, um, it looks like a f- f- uh, like fun gameplay and everything like that. Um, is it, yeah, that so if it, for Wind Jim Hammers fans, I'm sure that's kind of cool that that's coming to Stadia. Uh, Destroy All Humans, of course, this game was announced um, by THQ earlier this year, and so it's just confirmed that that one's also going to be ported over to Stadia. Uh, Super Hot's going to be coming to Stadia, and included in that is they also kind of shown off uh, Super Hot Mine control delete which is some dlc i believe coming to the game couldn't actually the time i i put this into the show doc i didn't see any information but since game gamescom has run the the week since i put this in here it's possible that they gave more information that was something that i'm like uh, i would love to see know more about because i really really like super hot um speaking of super hot uh that also is came to switch which i'm sure mm-hmm. we'll t- touch on later did you have you played super hot i have not but i'm interested it is awesome like it's it's not super long of a game um it's basically the the mechanics of it are, are what make it really special you control the speed of your player and stuff like that so you can go fast and slow um and by going slow it, it basically turn it's like a, a video game version of the matrix almost so you have enemies shooting at you and stuff like that and you, by you, slowing down the speed you can avoid uh like incoming attacks and and bullets mm-hmm. that are being shot at you and stuff um really cool like uh just atmosphere to the game it's like very minimal everything's white but the enemies are all red and kind of orangish color and stuff um yeah, it's it's really really cool. I really recommend it. Um, one of probably my favorite games this generation for sure. Uh, and then this is exciting. We have Farming Simulator 19 coming <laughs> to Stadia. And actually, this is uh, I just wanted to touch on this now because I don't think I included it in the opening night live. The, in opening night live, they they brought Farming Simulator 19. Apparently, Farming Simulator has. A esports league, um, yeah, yeah. They, I don't, they didn't really like. Jeff was kind of talked about. He's like, here's something that you guys like might not know, and because uh, like they were having the tournament or whatever at Gamescom, and it looked like they showed like a, a compilation video of <laughs> basically the event and stuff like our events from the past, and it's like it looks like an esports tournament type thing. But they're all like playing farming simulators, so they got their like combines out and they're harvesting crops and stuff like that. I so. mean, I I know there's a decent sized following for the game, like mm-hmm. one like a, a larger group than I would have expected mm-hmm. um, that really enjoy these farming simulator games. But like, I would have never imagined esports. Yeah, yeah. Who knew, right? I again, I don't know what 
the the competition aspect maybe you have to like harvest your crops in this x amount of time i don't know who knows um so yeah that that's coming um grid uh attack on titan 2 final battle elder scrolls online that's a, a pretty cool game um to come to stadia obviously a mmorpg so a very large game and it's had, receives a ton of dlc since its launch uh, so that's a, a big game to come to the platform. And then Watch Dogs Legion. And from my understanding, that one is coming out on Stadia the day it releases. Because it it showed the release date um, on there and stuff like that. That was scheduled for Xbox and PS4 and all that. So uh, that one's coming. I'm really excited for Watch Dogs Legion. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, that that's basically it for the stadia connect um i think it's pretty clear what we kind of think about it. it's very lackluster uh not a lot of new announcements from it yeah they pretty much at the beginning they touched a little bit they kind of was like here's a refresh on what stadia is and how it works um but other than that it was just focus on games they didn't touch on things like release date of when the service is going live uh, they didn't talk about any future free games because, of course, we know Destiny 2 is coming um, and it's free for the pro subscription um, when Stadia launches. But we didn't get to know any future games or anything like that. It was just basically it was just like, here's some more games that are either out right now or about to come out and they're also going to come to Stadia. So, yeah. Uh, what did you think of it, Adam? This um, Stadia was probably my most anticipated uh, show for mm-hmm. the the opening events and so i was it led to the biggest letdown yeah uh, because there really wasn't a lot shown um not a lot of new stuff um it didn't really make a compelling argument for getting pre-orders or yeah you know even getting it in general so um i i i feel like they just put it out there just because it's a big event and they wanted to have something Mm -hmm. um, but i just don't think they put a lot of thought into it yeah i i totally agree with you there i think they just wanted to uh basically be up there with playstation and microsoft and nintendo and this is the you know one of the biggest uh if not the the biggest conference for video games uh you know every year and so they'd probably just be like we're we're a big player in the the gaming market now and so we want to also be a part of this but they didn't necessarily have anything to back that up unfortunately so yeah it's surprising because we're just over three months roughly from well even less if well they say november so if that's the beginning of november we yeah. got uh, september october we only got a week left of august and it's supposed to be available um yeah that's coming up soon <laughs> exactly so we thought i thought for sure they would touch more on that stuff but who knows maybe we have one last connect that or maybe a who knows maybe just a trailer drop saying here's when it launches and and stuff like that really yeah really lackluster um so let's move on oh i did want to mention one one more thing that is still quite funny uh people were tweeting about it after the presentation and i was joking to Megan. <laughs> she was watching. Well, she wasn't watching. She was sitting beside me, and I was like joking about the fact that there was uh, some latency issues and um, lag in the presentation itself, the stream. 
And it's funny because Stadia is a platform that's all about streaming. And so when you're promising things like, you know, zero input lag and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, minimal internet speeds and stuff like that to, to run it. And then you can't, your live stream is, is (laughs) pixelated or there's these things, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, you can't help but laugh because it's like, you know, it it makes you kind of look pretty silly, but yeah. You know, who knows? It's, it's Yeah, hopefully they can work it out early yeah. on. And I mean, I guess that's kind of what the, the pre-order thing is about. Yeah. The, the founders getting in on it first. So, yeah, exactly. You know, try and work out the kinks early on. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Nintendo Indie World. Okay. Um, so just kind of want to start off like I did with Xbox and the Game Pass stuff. A um, couple announcements that they made where the games came out. Um, that same day. Um, really cool. Nintendo usually has stuff like that. So um, this was no different. But uh, the same day of the, the presentation, um, they put out Super Hot for Switch. Mm-hmm. So definitely makes it very compelling for me to try and pick it up because, again, I, I haven't heard a bad thing about that game. So, And then uh, another game that I really want to try out is uh, Hotline Miami. So they put out the collection, um, I'm guessing one and two. I think there's only two of them. Yeah, there's just two. Um, So having both of those in in one game is really cool. Um, I really want to check those out. Yeah. Another Devolver digital publisher. Exactly. I was just going to mention that. Hotline Miami is... uh, awesome like i i for whatever reason i haven't played the second one yet even though i like love like really love the first one so mm-hmm. uh definitely check that out i just <laughs> yeah i just did want to mention real quick here i was working on just like an opinion-based article um that of like 10 indie games that i want to come to the nintendo switch and i kid you not number one was hotline miami and number two was super hot so that worked nice. out perfectly <laughs> it's kind of funny too i feel like they went with a very summer theme with that because you have super hot yeah and then you have hotline hot there you go yeah <laughs> so <laughs> apt, aptly um chosen titles there. yeah uh they also announced a, a whole slew of of games coming out mm-hmm. um at risk of rain to uh eastward which is one that was a standout for me. Yeah, it's me too. Being published by Chucklefish, which again, they're kind of one of those like Devolver games. I feel like they don't publish bad games mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so that's an instant plus for me. Um, I'm trying to figure out what type of game it is. It looks kind of like an action RPG, mm-hmm. like almost kind of Zelda-ish, but um, it has a really beautiful art style. Yes. The uh, music track that they used for the trailer was just great. Um, it, it looks really intriguing, um, has kind of like a super Nintendo kind of art style to it, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so overall, like it just looked really good. Yeah. Th- um, this is one for me for sure. Uh, I'm glad it, it spoke to you as well. I saw it and I was like, Whoa, this looks awesome. I want to know more about this. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they had freedom finger, which is very strange looking game. Uh, <laughs> kind of like a. Uh, like a R-type or Gradius-type game, mm-hmm. except you're a giant, giant middle finger. finger. <laughs> um, <laughs> Noel North is... they got a decent voice cast, I think. Yeah, they, I saw that. The yeah. only bad thing about this is it looks like it's a censored version of the game. I don't know if they just censored it for the event Could or if be, the game yeah. is also going to be Hard censored. Hard to say, yeah. Um, if, if it is censored, that's kind of a downgrade, in my opinion, where you could get it on, you know, probably PlayStation, Xbox, or Steam, get an uncensored version... Um, 
much. I, I know that they... It's kind of funny uh, with their... I think it was E3? Their, I think so. They yeah, this there. one was on there. And I can't remember. I'll have to go back and watch it to see if that... Because it was pretty much the same trailer, I think. It, and, it was, but it was not censored. Oh, it wasn't um, censored. In fact, okay. when they showed no- Nolan North in that trailer... Um, I think he dropped an F-bomb oh, in there, okay, and, yeah. and that wasn't censored either. So, yeah. okay. Um, let's see. From there, they had, uh, there was Roquet, which um, looked kind of interesting. Again, not 100% sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's maybe like a story-driven adventure game. Really nice art style. Um, Torchlight 2 is coming out on September 3rd, so it's kind of like a Diablo-type game if you're into that, like Dungeon Diver mm-hmm. with a bunch of loot and leveling up and stuff. Uh, pretty fun game coming out September 3rd. Um, next game, Skater XL. I'm kind of interested to get your take on that. I'm not really in super into skaters, but I know you were a big fan of the Tony Hawk games. So yeah. Kinda... Yeah. Tony Hawk growing up, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and then the like underground games and stuff uh, on PlayStation 2 were probably my like favorite games growing up and then transitioning into like the 360 generation i absolutely love skate skate one two and three were like the best skateboarding video games um whereas tony hawk was more of kind of like an arcadey game skate was more of like a realistic simulation game so Mm -hmm. it was more accurate to skateboarding you know it wasn't like you can do 40 flips off a small ramp or something (laughs) like that right um this looking at this game uh, i had heard i had actually heard about this game before i saw it i was ecstatic to find out that it was coming to switch um but this game is definitely similar to skate i would say just looking at it um the biggest things for me and i think a lot of people is that i i also was like very into skateboarding growing up and uh it's all about like the culture around it too and so uh, the, if this game, it needs to have um, things like, you know, brand deals with the skateboarding companies, things like, uh, you know, a real real life skaters, uh, real life, you know, companies and stuff like that that sponsor people and stuff. Um, didn't really see that from that, but it's that's okay. I, I'll forgive it for that. Um, it looks really cool. I will say that the only criticism I have watching this trailer is that the... It looks like it's been animated or designed like just from a computer without mocap. Just the mm-hmm. the movements look a little rigid and not like fluid and smooth like the skate games. But again, this is a smaller team, so it could just be be that. Um, so yeah, yep, that comes out twenty twenty. Um, no other release information other than that. Uh, game called Europa coming out is a. Uh, puzzle platform very gravity based uh kind of flipping the stage around a little bit mm-hmm. um uh dungeon defenders awakens uh the tourist this was kind of another standout game that i i thought looked interesting mm-hmm. uh not 100 percent sure what this game is supposed to be like what yeah. genre it fits in it, it it looks like it could be like a lifestyle type game a la like uh like stardew valley something like that yeah yeah, uh, but then it also has some some like almost dungeony yeah. puzzly elements, like boss fights, like almost Zelda looking. Um, has a like a voxel graphic style, so mm-hmm. like a like a three D pixel art type type style, which looks pretty neat in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, that comes out in November. Um, 
again, that was that was kind of one of the other standouts. Did you have something you wanted to say on that? Uh, yeah, just I totally. I, I we have a very similar, I think, uh, interest in games because, I uh, yeah, this one kind of looked interesting to me as well. I had the exact same opinion. I'm just like, oh, this looks cool. It looks like some sort of has a kind of an interesting tone to it. Um, but the combination of like like day-to-day life and then going into dungeon was interesting um mm-hmm. i kind of it looks cool i'm i'm really intrigued on how that kind of pairs together and stuff so yeah yeah I'll... if there's if there's a pretty heavy inf- influence or uh presence of like just the day-to-day life stuff you know just walking around town or there's mm-hmm. one point where uh characters on a yacht and is doing some scuba diving like if it's just kind of like some relaxing kind of like gameplay like that like i would i would I would love that because mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Animal Crossing. I love Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, so if it kind of gets into to that vein a little bit, where I can just kind of do like these nice little relaxing activities, that would be that would be great. Mm-hmm. So, um, although the the kind of puzzle dungeony parts looked interesting too, like little kind of tricky boss fights. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see um, you know what comes out from that, and that comes out not too long from now. It's November 2019. So. Yeah. We should be getting more information on that soon enough. Uh, Scalboy. Uh, this one looked pretty interesting, too. Um, it, it looks like it might be a roguelike game. Uh, very customizable character. It kind of looks like someone took, like, Paper Mario and put it into, like, a more 3D world uh, in terms of, like, art style. So that looked kind of interesting. Um Earth Knight, this was another one that kind of stood out to me. This, it's a like a high-speed platformer, kind of reminded me of, is it a Bit Trip Runner or Sonic? Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed kind of cool. Um, it There's a big focus on, like, dragons taking over the Earth. So uh, a lot of the platforming and stuff has your character running, like, on top of dragons. Um, like, the dragons are the stages, basically. Mm-hmm. So that seemed kind of interesting. That cool, comes out. cool art style for that one. It, it was. Yeah. It was a really neat art style. The, the dragons looked really neat. Uh, they had a, a sizzle reel. They had a ton of games that that showed through that. The ones that stood out to me were Trine Four. I know that's a pretty popular series. I haven't really played any of it myself, but I know um, has a big, pretty big following for that. Yeah. Uh, Creature in the Well. Uh, what the Golf. Spirit Fairer. Um, which is another kind of one of those lifestyle type games. So I'm interested in that. Uh, Hypercharge Unboxed look interesting. Uh, it kind of seems like it's a mul- maybe like a multiplayer shooter, but uh, it's kind of like you're, you're like a toy army soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, fighting other toy armies. Yeah, I, I, I'm watching... Uh, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, and so... Me and Meg have been watching through the Toy Story games, and so I was watching mm. that. I'm like, totally on board with that. I, I love <laughs> like, I love the like the Green Army men uh-huh. games way back yeah. in the day. So yeah, that's that's definitely what it reminds me of. Is yeah. like those little green Green Army dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably the big thing they they save for last, obviously, is uh, Ori in the Blind Forest coming to Switch September 27th. So. Um, people have been speculating on this coming to Switch for a long, long mm-hmm. time, and now it's finally coming to fruition, um, right, rightly so. And it's a game I think is going to be right at home on the Switch, and a lot of people have been wanting it. So Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely makes sense, I think, when 
people were talking about when Xbox and Nintendo have been so buddy-buddy with their partnerships and stuff like that. And we saw Cuphead and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, what was it? There was one re- Super Lucky's Tale. Uh, not yes. like a super popular game, but like, a again, a game that was published by Microsoft um, coming onto Switch and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was just a matter of time, I think, before this one was confirmed true. Right. So yeah, it's uh, that. That's about it, right? Yep. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So what did you what did you think of the? I mean, <laughs> Nintendo usually knocks it out of the park with these kinds of things. What did you think of this one? Yeah, it was it was another solid uh, indie presentation from Nintendo. I, you know, not every game was for me, but you know that's to be expected. But there were definitely a couple standouts that I'm really interested in, and you know, very good polished presentation lots of stuff shown um yeah i think i think it was it was good yeah can't complain the only thing i'm not sure of is if they're still calling them nindies like is it just indie world now is Mm -hmm. it no longer nindy showcase like i'm not they they should really come up with a singular format Mm -hmm. to use exactly yeah they i think the one earlier this year was a nintendo indie direct was what it's called and then in the Mm -hmm. past they've been called Nindy's Nindy and showcase. Nindy showcase and I think like I so I was listening to Tim from kind of funny talk I don't think on Monday about or maybe it was during the live thing I can't remember yeah he was mentioning um that he thinks going forward that this is going to be their branding around Indie Directs is they're going to mm-hmm. call it Indie Nintendo Indie World and then they'll have Nintendo Directs and stuff like that uh that's a good speculation. I think that would make sense. Uh, I think they could still include indies or smaller games in the directs, um, but at least with this, it's like Nintendo Indie World, okay, we're going to get a presentation that's solely focusing on indie-developed games, uh, and it's just going to be what we're kind of used to and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I like, I, I love... That's been my favorite part of this Switch is how many awesome indie games have come to mm-hmm. it and stuff and i yeah, think i love that yeah nintendo really it, that's something that they're pushing for sure with doing things like this they they understand the importance of indie games and i think that the developers are also seeing the switch is being uh the place to play a lot of indie games there seems to be since the switch has really increased um how many indie games have come to it it seems to be like uh, there's a lot of games that will release. Well, a great example is Katana Zero earlier this year, mm-hmm. awesome indie game, and that came to Switch and PC, right? And so there's there's been several other games like that that like typically would only release on the PC, but now we're lucky enough to also have them come to the Switch, and then maybe six months down the road we get them to PS4 and Xbox. But um, yeah, I love it. I love. I love the attention that indies are getting uh, for Nintendo Switch. So, All right, let's move on to the last presentation here, Opening Night Live. So this one was probably had the biggest production value, I would say, yeah, out of everything. Um, inside Xbox and uh, this one were the only ones that were live on a stage mm-hmm. and everything, whereas the other two were pre-recorded presentations. Um so you get a different feel for those live ones. This was put on by uh, Jeff Keighley, who obviously from back in the day, Spike Video Game Awards, and then he created um, the Game Awards, which is 
just like one of my favorite things to watch every year in gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, he he gets how these presentations should be run. <laughs> yeah, um, he really does. Yeah, like there's there's never any like lulls or anything like that. Right. Like everything mm-hmm. is just it's like a great flow. Exactly, the flow's great. They they hit the beats. Uh, they know what to spend time on and what to not spend too much time on. Like the the format was. They would show, here's a new look at this game, or here's a new game uh, coming. They'd show a trailer, and then it's like, now we're going to have so-and-so from X Studio come out and talk about this game, or or whatever. Um, and it was just brief, interview, ask a couple questions, keep it simple, the answers were short, and then move on. So it was a great combination of the two, because it's sometimes you want a little bit of talk. You don't just want... Uh, you know, stadia where it's like, here's a game and then we don't know anything about it, right? Um, but of course, we don't want too much talk because then that kind of drags on the show and you kind of lose interest if it's, especially a game that's not really you're particularly drawn to or whatever. So um, yeah, I, I love this presentation. I guess we can talk a bit more about it uh, afterwards. So um, I'm just running through some of the bigger announcements that came from it. Um so they they showed off uh, Gears 5 and stuff like that um, with a more gameplay trailer. It was pretty much more of just what had been shown at the inside Xbox. They, they talked about Halo Reach characters coming to the game and stuff like that. Talked about Horde mode and whatnot. Um, to be honest, like Gears, I played the first one and then I never really got into the series And Gears 4, I was like, okay, seems like it's just like a next-gen Gears game. But I have to say, like, this, everything I've seen from Gears 5 is really making me want to get into uh, the franchise so I can uh, play them and and play Gears 5. Because it, like, the gameplay trailers, like, the game looks awesome. So, um, yeah, anyways... Uh, We got a look at Need for Speed Heat. Of course, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, Need for Speed posting a countdown. (laughs) And uh, we didn't touch on it last week, but the reveal was uh, Need for Speed, or NFS is how they're marketing, I guess, NFS uh, Heat. And so it looks like it's kind of set in... It's still... It's like a fictional town, but it kind of has that Miami vibe to it. Um, It looks like a combination of, like, Underground and Most Wanted and Rivals. Like, some of the older... Um, mid-generation games uh, that a lot of I think was probably the better of the in the Need for Speed series. Um, so it looks really cool. It looks like a Need for Speed game, though. It looks it looks like uh, better than uh, what was it a couple years ago? The the one the re the one that was it was just called Need for Speed, and it was a weird mixture of like live action cutscenes and stuff like that yeah uh last year we got i think it was last year year before we got payback um which had some serious fast and furious vibes we're still getting that kind of vibe from it uh but it looks cool i mean if you like street racing it looks like they're they're really focusing on that uh really cool thing is you can actually download an app right now and design your car so when the game releases it releases november 8th you can go and you have your car designed and stuff so that's really cool. I dig that. Um, we got Kerbal Space Program 2 coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2020. 
a game I'm not super familiar with. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about it. Um, I kind of stayed away. Like, I, I kind of judged the book by the cover on the first one. I'm like, this kind of looks like Minions in Space. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't really do anything. Yeah. But that trailer looked pretty good for this new one. Yeah, it looks like one of the biggest... So I remember hearing about this game just i don't know what the circumstances were but i watched gameplay for it and was watching somebody and it was a lot of focus on like building different you can build rockets and you can set up launches and stuff like that the game itself like on a um technical level looked kind of like not up to par to everything else but then this Mm -hmm. trailer yeah it looks like it looks really flushed out and yeah cool so uh, Little Nightmares 2, uh, so this is a sequel, of course, to Little Nightmares, which was uh, kind of like a 3D side-scrolling horror game. Um, really cool, scary kind of art style. Did you Are you familiar with Little Nightmares? I've seen the trailer for it. I was kind of interested in it. Um, I'd say more so now because the trailer for this uh, sequel here looked really good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it plays a lot like Inside or like Limbo, that kind of. Okay. Yeah, definitely has that vibe. Too. Yeah, you have to kind of use the environment around you to, kind of like solve puzzles or whatever to advance to the next like kind of area and stuff, and it's just continuously you're going to the right and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool game. I that's awesome. That's getting a sequel, um, and that's coming in 2020, and it will actually feature co-op play. Um, which is neat. So, Everspace Two. Uh, this I don't know much about Everspace. I I know it's kind of it's a, like it's a space game. Obviously, it focused on uh, like flights, like building ships and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's kind of like looks like more of the the flying and um, spaceship aspect of like No Man's Sky, but like yeah. more focused. Like take out landing on planets and more just being in space and different galaxies and stuff. Right. Uh, that game's coming in 2021, which is like, yeah. wow, that's really far out for, right. for getting a trailer. But um, it was teased leading up that Sega was going to release, uh, announce a new game. Um, and we found out the, the new game was Humankind. It had a really weird trailer. Um it was showing this, like, I think this is the one with the caveman, right, in space or whatever. He was on a satellite or whatever, playing some music, and then it kind of jumped into showing kind of what the game was oh, like. Yeah. yeah, and it it seems, like, very similar to, like, a civilization game or uh, a, a real-time strategy type game focusing, but more, more along the lines of civilization because it's called Humankind. I think you kind of... I again there was more information released on it but I didn't uh research it but it looks like that kind of game. Uh we got a release date for The Witcher 3 uh for Nintendo Switch that's coming October 15th, 2019. Another trailer that kind of looked again uh not a lot of people are are judging Witcher 3 and how it looks on the Switch just from the trailers we've seen. Um, what do you, I wanted to get your thoughts on this actually? Uh, what are your, what do you think of the conversation around that? Like, do you think people are being unfair? Do you think it's people have a reason to complain about it or whatever? Um, I mean, I don't think people should be complaining about it. Like, 
you know, it's just another option to play what's a really widely well-accepted game. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you don't like the look of it, then, you know, play it on a different system, play, you know, PC, place it like it's available on all the others. Exactly. Yeah. It's locked to the switch. So, um, I mean, it's just an option for those that, you know, maybe don't have another system or playing on portable is more of a necessity than, than the graphics. So I think it's, it, it looks better than I thought it was going to considering like the sky, uh, the size and the, the quality of, or the fidelity, mm-hmm. the fidelity of the game. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't look terrible. I mean, you can definitely see the downgraded nature of it compared to the other consoles, but I think it'll be a totally fine port. You know, oh yeah. You can get past, like if you can get past the, the downgrading graphics, like I think it'll be totally fine. Yeah, no, I, and it's one of those things. It's like, it's crazy that people are putting it on blast, having not even it, like had their hands hands on with it mm-hmm. right it's they're just basing off of a trailer and again like for me like i'm not one of those i like when games look pretty and they're they're stunning visually but um as long as the game plays good and doesn't have any like game breaking glitches or bugs mm-hmm. in it then yeah like i'm fine like i play loads of games that don't focus on that kind of s- stuff like the making it look pretty and just focus on having a fun gameplay experience. And obviously the Witcher already has that. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fine. Um, I had the Witcher on my Xbox and loved it. And I, I'm honestly considering, excuse me, getting a copy for the switch just so I can have that game accessible portably, right. For a long road trip or on an airplane ride or something like that. Um, so yeah, October 15th, not too far away. Uh, Disintegration. This kind of was an interesting kind of trailer. Uh, this is a first-person shooter game coming from uh, one of the co-creators of Halo. And that game's coming in 2020. And then we got uh, a, our first real look at Predator Hunting Grounds. This, of course, is the game that is coming to PlayStation 4. From my understanding, it's exclusive because Sony is helping publish this game. Um, it's a Sony Interactive Entertainment property, and it's by this, developed by the studio who did Friday the 13th game. So mm-hmm. that same kind of idea where you have the monster bad guy hunting down, um, it looks like four people in this game, and so, yeah, this, I really, I liked Friday the 13th. It was super janky and super bugged. Um, but the gameplay was fun, right? Being hunted down and stuff like that. I, re- I really enjoyed playing it. I really like watching people stream it on Twitch and stuff. So I'm, I'm sold. Predator's awesome. This trailer looks pretty cool. Uh, so I can't wait to actually find out when we can play this game. Uh, and then we got another game called, uh, a Sony Interactive Entertainment game called Erica, and this game was shadow dropped. It was like it's available right now on PSN for ten bucks. It is a live action game, however, so it's completely acted out by real actors. Um, but it's a kind of not necessarily a choose your own adventure. I guess it kind of is that, but uh, not just path A and path B. Apparently, there's lots of branching paths, so you can make decisions uh for the characters in the games and and play it out like that um it sounds like it's bigger than like uh 
what's that called? Um, a game that came to, it was like Black Mirror and it was on Netflix. Baldur. Uh, Bandersnatch. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, he, uh, Jeff actually mentioned that game. He's like, is it like that? He's like, no, it's actually bigger than that. It's more, it, it is a video game and everything like that. So, um, and it's a PlayLink game. So from my understanding, you can, with PlayLink, you basically control it using your phones and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's 10 bucks. It's It's out right now. Honestly, once I have a little bit more spare time, I'll probably give it a try because I really like those types of games. So, uh, And then lastly, this was obviously, the, they left this for the end of the show, um, Death Stranding. So Hideo Kojima himself actually came to Gamescom and came up on stage. He has a, a bromance with Jeff. Uh, they ha- they're always posting on social media, their relationship and stuff like that. And they go back for quite a while. And so it makes sense that Hideo would be there um, for Jeff's show and everything like that. And so we got three gameplay, or I guess three separate videos uh, showing Death Stranding off. So we got two more character trailers. So earlier this year uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, we got to see a trailer of now I'm blanking on his name. I think it was Hartman. <laughs> Some weird name like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds right. I think Hartman. Google it to confirm that I typed oh, in the wrong thing. Basically, the Hartman. Yeah, it is Hartman. So this Hartman character was shown off earlier this year. So we got like a short trailer just kind of showing here's what this supporting character is. We got two more of those. So we got one with the character Mama. Um, basically this short trailer showed off that she has uh, a baby that's on like the other side. It's, um, a BT or whatever these shadowy figures are called. And, um, so she, it's kind she's on kind of connected to this kid. I, from my understanding, they're connected, uh, like she's still attached by the umbilical cord, but she, because they're in that other time, di- the baby's in the other dimension and she's in this dimension and stuff like that so she can't like leave um again don't really <laughs> can fully comprehend everything yeah, that's going a, on <laughs> a strange scene yeah it sure. was really odd um r- cool though because it was like it, it shows like the diversity that right. uh, these supporting characters are are playing in this game and stuff so uh, we got that then we got a second trailer of the character um let me look up the name of it. It's, I should have wrote down uh, Guillermo del Toro character. Basically, Guillermo del Toro's character in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Man is what it's he his character is called. Uh, so starting to sound like a uh, Mega Man game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dead Man is put, like the character model is based off of Guillermo del Toro, but. Uh, voiced by somebody else and we basically got a trailer that talked about the the babies that they're called bb's um and how the kind of the role they play in the world and stuff like that it touched on how these babies basically because from my understanding again this is just I, again i could be totally wrong on this but basically i think the the bb's are what kind of connect the people to this other dimension or this I don't even know what you call it, but like the, the other where, where the world, like the, 
man, it's so hard to explain, but like <laughs> this, this area where, um, when you die, where you go to, right. Where all these shadowy monsters that we've seen in previous trailers are live and stuff like that. Um, where Hartman in his trailer, he explains that he, when he dies and stuff, cause this Hartman character is alive for 21 minutes and then he's dead for three and he's in a constant loop of that. And during that three, he's in there studying what this world is. Of course, we don't know what it is yet. Um, but these babies I believe are the source of that. Um, they were kind of just talking about that their mothers live in the capital city, I guess. And they need to, um, go into these chambers or whatever and kind of like be connected back up to their their mothers and stuff to kind of recharge or whatever um, yeah, otherwise they get like stressed out or yeah, something like that yeah, yeah. uh again it's just whenever i talk about death stranding on the show i just i fumble over my words because it's i still can't fully <laughs> comprehend it right so yeah <laughs> um anyways it's so very bizarre <laughs> yeah very bizarre uh and then lastly, we got a, another gameplay trailer. So it started off with Norman Reedus kind of sleeping in the same kind of environment that we've seen in previous trailers and gameplay trailers and such. And he wakes up and the first thing you get to see is him taking a pee. Uh, and it's, it's very Kojima-like, I believe. Uh, you, it's hilarious because they have like this little... Uh, like the milliliters of urine decreasing as he's peeing until you complete it. It's it's not just like uh, you push a but like there's an actual thing in the menu that he the gameplay went to and it's like urinates and stuff like that. So uh, hilarious. Um, after he peed, this like mushroom thing spawned after that. And Kojima, they, he touched on it a little bit. Again, it was a little bit hard because you have Kojima obviously speaking Japanese and that's being translated and the translator speaking very quickly and stuff. Uh, from my understanding, these mushrooms that are left are, are basically going to be scattered in the world. I think it's similar to kind of like what Dark Souls has, right, with leaving notes and stuff like that in mm -hmm, the world. Yeah. Uh, you don't see the other players running around per se, but um, you can see things that they've left and stuff. So I think that's a way of leaving your mark. <laughs> um, so they did that. And then he climbs up this mountain using one of the ladders that we've seen in the a previous gameplay trailer where he goes up and uh, basically uh, talks to this Luden fan and he delivers this package to this uh place and the character that, that plays Luden fan is none other but Jeff Keighley himself was actually put into the game which was hilarious um again I don't think he plays a big role or anything like that I think it's just like a minor character that you run into and stuff yeah and we got to see a look kind of at the map at this point that he brought up a map and it showed United States, uh, actually, I think they called the the United Cities of America or something like that, and uh, it, there's a literal strand of connections of points from the East Coast working its way into uh, more in inland and stuff like that, and so that happened, and then Norman Reedus walks off the cliff, and again a very Kojima type moment in my opinion. 
and he falls <laughs> off the cliff and then it kind of shows him running down and uh that's it that's and then the death stranding logo appears so yeah what did you, did you get a chance to look at all these things i didn't see all of them okay no. yeah they but I saw kind of portions of except for the last one i don't think i saw that last one at all yeah i i would say probably like check it out it's basically i i explained it pretty much what you would probably understand from it like there's it's again he the why he's delivering this package and what it does and everything like that is really like it's not explained there's no context to it so you don't really understand um but you're you see that it's a, a, me- a mechanic in the game and stuff uh so yeah again after all that still <laughs> don't really know anything uh, substantial about this game but I didn't really expect to I just I'm used to this at this point when I saw Kojima come on stage I'm like we're just gonna get the same kind of stuff we've gone for the last three years um, and that's gonna be that so yeah really interesting stuff that's kind of how the show ended uh, there was actually an article posted by Josh West over on Games Radar and he posted uh, a preview about uh, he actually got to see Death Stranding behind closed doors, and that actually gives a much. Uh, you, you, I'll link the article in the show notes for you guys to give a read because that goes way more in depth and actually gives an explanation as to what the game is like and what it plays like and more of the plot to the game. Uh, it's the first real information um, that we've actually received on what this game's about and stuff, and. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I, I gave it a read and it is cool because they talked about some things that were in the game that a lot of fans were theory had theories about. Um, apparently, there is a lot of walking in the game. That is a main component of the game. Um, your basically objective is walking from the east side of the country to the west side, connecting uh, these, connecting everyone together Um through these strands or whatever um so yeah interesting stuff overall i thought the the presentation was really really solid um i would say again i didn't watch all of the xboxes but i would say this one was up right up there with um in terms of how good the presentation was it was like like we said the flow was really good didn't have any lulls it's it executed what it was set out to do really well and stuff so yeah i liked it it was a good combination of Mm -hmm. here's some stuff you guys already know about and here's some updates about that and then here's new stuff that you haven't seen before so yeah i totally agree it was just yeah really really well done and of course that's what we come to expect Mm -hmm. from a keely production exactly yeah and we won't have to wait too long because games game awards are you know coming up in december and that's going to be another thing where we're, we're going to get a bunch of reveals and um, more trailers and announcements from. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, our talk on Gamescom. Overall, uh, there is Gamescom. There was so much other news that came out of Gamescom uh, through interviews at, on IGN stage and stuff like that. There's lots of announcements made this week. So many, it's hard to keep up with them. But overall, it's it seems to be a a, mo- a pretty notable Gamescom, I would say. Like 
this one has stood out to me um, maybe just because it had and you know those extra presentations in it and stuff but I would say um, that gamescom seems to be growing and getting bigger every every year I, I like it it's kind of that hub of like everyone from around the world comes there. So I wonder if one day if E3 ever dies out, if that's going to be the pillar of those kinds of announcements and stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say as as we see E3 kind of um, becoming less and less prominent, I feel like Gamescom is becoming more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a trade-off happening where um, – Gamescom is kind of picking up the slack a little bit from from E3, but I mean, I, I hope nothing. You know, I hope we don't ever lose E3. But um, it's nice to know that Gamescom is, you know, still going strong. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, let's move on to our next segment. Of course, is what games we have been playing. I'm going to start us off today with talking about a game that I played this week called Gravity Ghost. So uh, it's actually the deluxe edition on PlayStation 4. So Gravity Ghost is developed by Ivy Games and it's basically a physics-based puzzle game where you play as this girl who's kind of stuck in limbo, I guess, or like purgatory, that kind of Step, I guess, before you get to the afterlife would be the best way to kind of summarize that. And basically, what you, this universe, or sorry, this like place that you're at is kind of like space. And so there are a bunch of different planets that you uh, each act as a puzzle. Um, and in, in, in the space, you basically, it has a cool mechanic of your, your objective is in each level you have to obtain the star it's very simple of just once you obtain a, enough stars you can unlock the next section and each section kind of has these uh animal guardians that represent are represented in it um it's really cool because like each level i guess or each stage is kind of based on an animal and the levels are laid out in a way where you're um think of like mario where you go from world worlds to or stage to stage within a world that world is kind of represented in this animal as a constellation and you basically pick the stage and you are on i guess the best perspective that i could kind of like explain it as is if you think of like this super mario galaxy games and how you can kind of walk around the entire planet it's the same kind of idea but from a 2d perspective and so as this girl you can walk around the entire planet and then you can jump off the planet and use the gravitational pull of the planet to kind of launch yourself to other planets and the objective is to kind of get these stars and so you kind of have to some use the, the gravitational pull of the planets to, to reach the stars. And then it introduces some other mechanics like you eventually unlock the ability to change the, the planet type. So rather than being solid rock or grass, you can unlock the ability to t- turn it into water. So you can actually um, kind of swim down to the center of the planet to get things and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's really, really cool. It wasn't just this game. It does have uh, a, a story to it and everything like that. Uh, basically, you play, like I said, this girl is in, is it has died 
that's not a spoiler that's why it's called gravity ghost and uh there's basically as you kind of unlock and save animals um in these worlds because each stage there'll be like an animal that you need to basically bring back to their skeleton it sounds a little bit odd but basically in each uh, stage within a world there'll be an animal and then in another stage there'll be a skeleton and so you gotta save that animal and then go to the stage with the skeleton and return it to its skeleton and every time you do that a cutscene triggers where it shows the events kind of leading up to her death and kind of explains what happened to her and what happened in this world and stuff so overall it's a really cool game I would say that the cutscene aspect of it was the weakest part of it in my opinion. The really like the art style of the game. It was it was neat, but it is a the the voice acting was a little rough in in spots. Um, the dialogue choices, the what the characters were saying were a bit odd to me. So that part I didn't really feel connected to, and it, there was moments where I, I just. It felt a little awkward to me and stuff and out of place, whereas the gameplay of doing the actual puzzles and being on the planets and doing all that stuff was really fun. So yeah, it's a really neat game. It's If you like puzzle games, I highly recommend it, especially physics-based puzzle games. I was able to basically play the entire game and, and do every single main level besides the challenge levels, and I, I think in about three to four hours. So it's a quicker game. Um, but yeah, it's available. It just released on PlayStation 4 earlier this month. And it's also available on PC. So if you guys are interested in that, I can, I will link the store links down in the show notes uh, for both PC and PlayStation 4 if you want to check it out for yourself. So uh, yeah, that's Gravity Ghost. Um, Adam, let's turn it over to you now. What have you been playing this last week? Uh, so the the main thing I've been playing this week um, is Slay the Spire. Uh, this was a game that came out on Game Pass. Um, so again, can't say enough about Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Lots of great games you can play and try, you know, without having to lay down a bunch of money on it. So, um, so I downloaded Slay the Spire. I was actually really excited when I saw that it was on there. I just randomly decided to take a look and and see what's been added because it's been a little while since I checked it out and it was a game that I know got a lot of good reviews Mm -hmm. um you know guys at IGN couldn't couldn't stop raving about it yeah so it was something that's been on my radar for a while and I saw it was on Game Pass I'm like oh yeah I I gotta try that out so and I'm really glad I did um so it's basically like um was it SteamWorld Quest that uh, came out fairly recently. I played through a decent portion of that game. Really liked it. Um, you know, it's a deck building RPG, like a like a classic turn based RPG, but with uh, deck building where you use cards to basically set your your loadout and skills. And uh, this is basically that, but without really the story. And it's more of a roguelike. So you just you just pop right in. You start off, you can choose one of three characters, um, each with their own different uh, kind of mechanics and and deck building natures. Um, And you kind of progress through uh, floors and at the end of each floor, there's, or like a series of floors, there's a boss at the end. And 
you know, you beat the boss and you go to the next series of floors. I'm not sure how many there are. I haven't found like a final boss yet or anything. Okay. Um, I pretty consistently get up to the second floor boss and that's usually about the point where I've been dying so far. Um, but you, you start out your, your loadouts pretty basic. You know, you have attack cards and you have defense cards and every time you complete a battle, you're given, you're given some loot. Sometimes you get potions. Uh, I think just about, I think with every win, you get to pick a new card to add to your deck. So it could be um, utility cards, you know, that give you extra, like, amount of cards that you can play per turn. Or it could be extra defense cards. Um, could be extra attack cards and the way they all work is, is a little, is a little different. So, I mean, in some cases you might get a little bit of both, um, you know, where you could get the primary benefit of the card is defense, but you know, you might get to draw another card or two, um, or you get an extra, um, I forget what they call, but basically the amount of cards, because each card, uh, has, like an ability caster on it. So if it's just one, it costs one point to, to use. If it has two, it costs two points see, to okay. use. Um, typically, you start with three points that you can use. So most cards have, you know, a rating of like one mm-hmm. with the occasional twos or threes. Some of them are even zeros. Oh, okay. um, so, you know, if it's a zero, you know, you might get like a free attack or free yeah. defense whenever it pops up in your, in your hand. Um, so as you... You, you know, you basically go through these battles. Um, sometimes it might just be one enemy. Sometimes it might be a couple enemies. So kind of have to strategize and, and decide if you want to go on the offensive or if you need to be a little bit more defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of get like a um, – the enemies kind of telegraph what they're going to do so you can see if they're going to do some sort of attack or if they're going to do like a defense or if they're going to do some sort of buff or debuff. So you kind of get an idea of what to expect to, to let you know what kind of approach you want to take on that turn. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, each time you play through and you acquire new cards, you could end up with a completely different deck than you had the last playthrough. And when you have three characters with very diverse, you know, deck building mechanics, you know, it creates a lot of different variety, which is nice. Mm-hmm. The one character, which is because um, you start with one, it's like a warrior class. You play through, you do a run with that, and you can unlock a secondary, which is kind of more like magical poison based. Oh, okay. And then the third one that you unlock is very strange. Um, I did not make it very far with the third character. It's sort of, I, I think it's like a robot character, oh, okay. but you can create um, certain like elements. Uh, orbs that kind of form around your character and uh, when you have the orbs it lets you do certain attacks so if you have like a lightning orb you might be able to cast like a a lightning card and if you have uh, an ice orb you can cast an ice card Um, and at the end of each turn if you have an orb around you you know it, it can kind of basically give you like a free hit so you end your turn and then the orb will just kind of attack oh, okay. um, yeah. enemies seemingly at random. So it's kind of nice. You get that kind of little extra damage bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is, however, is, 
you know, the, the one hand I had, I had an ice card, um, but I had nothing to generate ice orbs. Oh, okay. So yeah. I really had no way to use it. Yeah. So it was, it was a very complicated class. That yeah. one was, was definitely tough to use. I think my favorite so far is the one that um, does like the poison gotcha. type the, attacks. The one you unlo- unlock after the warrior or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was, that class has a lot of like kind of free things that you like free attacks and defensive maneuvers um probably more so than i encountered on the other ones so it gives you a lot of it it, there's some turns where you'll just have a ton of stuff that you can do um so that was that was cool i I like that one but overall yeah it's it's a lot of fun it definitely difficulty ramps up pretty quickly so i don't know if i'll ever beat that game if i'll be good (laughs) enough Um, to get there yeah one thing I noticed that I haven't seen yet is um, the game for each character has five unlocks um, after you reach a certain, um, I guess, kind of like a score with that character, um, you get an unlock. So I'm not sure what those unlocks do because I was trying out all the different ones that I didn't really focus on one character long enough to, to get any of the unlocks yet, but... Um, you know, maybe those those add something that can kind of help um, the longevity to, you know, help you progress a little bit further. Because right. tell you, by the time I get to that second boss, like I'm <laughs> usually pretty, pretty close, pretty near death. Yeah. Already. So, yeah. But yeah, it's a really good game. I'm really liking it so far. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I remember hearing good things about it when it first came out. And so and that wasn't too long ago. So that's awesome like you said that it, that's on game pass so you have game pass i think i'm even going to check that out like just hearing your description of it so yeah it's awesome uh any other games or has that been kind of the one you've pu- put your attention towards this past week yeah um a little bit of fire emblem um that one fire emblem kind of ended up on the back burner I was playing some more yeah. final fantasy 14 but nothing really new to talk about on either of those games so yeah. slay the spire was kind of like the new interesting thing gotcha. cool cool yeah that's that's awesome um i uh kind of in the same boat of not really a ton of new games i probably next time we do an episode together i'll probably because i picked up yakuza kiwami 2 again my playthrough oh, through that and because I was all excited about Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 <laughs> finally coming to the West. Yeah, that's cool. So I I was playing that a little bit, but I'm sure I'll talk about more of that as I kind of... Because I'm kind of like halfway point through it. The games are... You kind of like choose how long you want to play with them. You can just stick to the main kind of storylines, but there's so much to do in the game. There's so many side quests and interesting encounters you can have. So... Uh, yeah it could be another 30 hours or it could be another 10 hours but i would say i could probably finish it up in the next like two or three weeks so all right so that basically wraps up uh what games we've been playing so let's move on to our last segment of the show and that is question of the week so last week's question was is there a game that is considered to be really bad but is your secret guilty pleasure so uh we got a couple of different write-ins this week. Uh, the first one's from Garrett Neely. He says, Enter the Matrix gets trashed on a lot, but I love it. 
Uh, he goes on further to say it has actual movie footage that they shot during the filming of the second and third movie. Like the main gripe is that you don't play as the main characters from the movies, but I always enjoyed that it fleshed out the universe by showing what was going on with some of the more minor characters in the series. Did you ever, were you ever into Matrix or? I love the movies and I know, I knew that game existed, but I never got a chance to, to try play it. it. Yeah. My brother-in-law, Matt, who's been on the show before, uh, he he loves Matrix as well. And he had the game for the original Xbox and lent me a bunch of games. And it's sitting on my shelf. And I actually want to consider giving it a, a try because um, I really like the Matrix. And it'd be kind of cool to play that. It sucks that you're not playing as like Neo, but um, right. yeah, that's a, that's a very... I, I think that that's a, well, I was considering putting in for last week is mentioning like licensed games. There's so many games that I really liked growing up that were probably just trash, but I liked them because they were attached to some movie or TV show I really liked. Mm -hmm. So uh, Matthew Hope writes in and says, we fit. I mainly liked biking slash stepping up and down on the Wii balance board. I don't know if you can even consider it a game, but at the time it seemed amazingly futuristic that the console could register my interaction with the board. Looking back at it, it was terrible and very simplistic <laughs> tech. <laughs> yeah, that the Wii Fit definitely made waves when it was first released because it was, mm -hmm. you know, an, a, it, well, when the Wii came out, it was all about peripherals outside the traditional gaming controller and stuff. So yeah, I remember it definitely making a big impact on the industry and especially with like, uh, people who weren't traditionally gamers, a way for them to kind of, I don't know how hard the workouts were, but um, to kind of mix that in with something interactive and stuff. So that's hilarious. I, I like that answer. I remember I really wanted the Wii Fit board uh, for Sean White snowboarding. Um, I'm glad that I never ended up getting it because I'm sure it just would have been absolute terrible motion controls. But yeah. Uh, then we got one more uh, that was submitted in today uh, by your brother actually steven mm. uh so steven says let me pull it up here uh anthem on playstation 4 i've almost platinum the game i'm one of the five people that think it's an amazing game <laughs> <laughs> so yeah obviously doesn't take you don't really need to be that in depth on what's going on in the industry of games to know that anthem was kind of not super well received when it mm. launched uh, I know you wrote a big review on yes. Anthem for Level Grind. What What are your thoughts on Anthem? So I actually, I really liked Anthem. I thought it was a lot of fun until you hit the end game. Um, it was obvious they didn't know what they wanted to do for end game content. Um, there was basically three dungeon encounters you could do um, as far as like end game to try and get you know, the best loot available. And so the, it got very repetitive and yeah. the, the chances for the legendary loot was so low that you could, you know, run dungeons for hours and not get a single piece of legendary. And if you did, there was a pretty high chance that the, um, I think they were called like engravings or something, basically like you get the weapon plus the engravings give you like, bonus like stat boosts um you know that might help with uh power regeneration time or you know uh 
weapon stability or reload speed or you know all sorts of different effects that it could have mm-hmm. but there were some instances where you know you might find a sniper rifle and it's giving you like plus three percent reload speed for pistols like what, what good is that <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> it's ridiculous wow. so so not only were the loot drops just terrible but they weren't really they didn't really help you optimize your build mm-hmm. and it was just it was a nightmare it got really boring um leading up to that like level one through 30 30 was the max level levels one through 30 were great were I, had time, yeah. yeah i i had just such a good time with that it was it was the full iron man experience mm-hmm. you know like some people talk about and it was it was great and then end game hit and it was like hitting a wall like smack dab <laughs> yeah yeah and i just i couldn't I couldn't keep playing once I hit that point. And even after they did some, some updates, it didn't really fix any of the problems and they refused, like just flat out refused to increase drop rates. Yeah. And they, apparently they accidentally did it for a day and people were super happy and then they turned it off Mm -hmm. and they're just didn't really give an explanation for (laughs) it. Wow. And it just felt like a big F you to the player, everyone that was trying to actually enjoy end games. Wow. Endgame, whenever, you know, and it might be better now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't intend to go back to find out. But, yeah. I mean, from one, level 1 to 30, getting through the game itself, I mean, that was just, you know, that was up there. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a strong game, but that Endgame was just so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that's kind of like when the reviews came out for that game, that's what a lot of people were saying about it. And so right from the get-go, that definitely already impacted what people were thought of the game without even having played it, right? Because they, I think people had this impression that there wasn't a lot to do um, once you kind of Mm -hmm. got to that end game and turned out to be very true and the, the reviews lined up with the experience and stuff. And yeah, it's just, I know they just had that cataclysm thing not too long ago, Mm -hmm. um, but that didn't again do too much. They they mentioned it like I think just be like not at their E three play, but they mentioned it like the, the hours leading up to it or something. Like the the game has not received a a lot of support from EA, so it's it's hard to say mm-hmm. like who's responsible. You also have things like that are clearly a developer decision and stuff. So it's like. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really sucks because Bioware is like such a, a great studio. It's created in where I'm from, Edmonton and stuff. And um, it's unfortunate that Bioware, the last couple big releases from them, have really impacted their reputation and stuff. So, but I mean, if you you know just want like like not just you, I've heard that that first portion of the game like one through 30 playing through it is fun um and the game is at a a much lower cost to pay to buy than it was when it released so it seems like a pretty good value for what you get now uh, at that like 30 or 25 dollar price point or whatever it's at so Mm. all right now let's talk about this week's question i guess so uh this uh you guys will actually have a little bit longer because we're i have a guest for next week's episode so you'll have two weeks to answer this one. Hopefully we can get 
uh, some submissions in. This one's a pretty straightforward question. So uh, who's your favorite villain from a video game and why? So Adam, what's your favorite villain? All right, so before I answer, um, how much in the weeds do we want to get into spoiler territory? Um, now, now, granted, this spoiler would be for a game that's uh, over 20 years old at this point. <laughs> I would say, well, let's see. What game is it? It's uh, Final Fantasy VI. Okay, yeah. I'm probably, I was, I was going to be selfish and be like, I say go for it, and then I was like, "Well, when's if it's a game I've been wanting to go back and play?" But no, you can totally spoil spoil things. Go for it. All right. So, Final Fantasy VI, the uh, the the main villain of the game, his name is Kefka, and I he's just such a dynamic character because he is he's absolutely insane, ruthless, backstabbing, like. Just, I mean, just when you think you, you kind of have him figured out, like, mm-hmm. he does something else completely wild. Um, but one of the things I really like about his character is that, like, he wins. Like, he, he sort of, he gets what he was after. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the game is split up into two parts. There's the, um, it's, like, the you have your regular world and then the second half is world of ruin basically after kefka you know kind of destroys and and kind of reshapes the world and kind of rules it under his you know as he sees fit and um he does so for several years you know so the the second half of the game is basically you rebuilding your party to try and go through and take him out again and um everything everything is just so great the way everything plays out to the uh the final encounter with him you go through the final dungeon and you get a lot of callbacks to you know previous things that happened in the game and you the final battle is just ridiculously epic too um with with a amazing soundtrack um you know the dialogue that you have with you know, with Kefka at the end, with, you know, the, the party that you have, um, everything's just great. But I mean, he's just, he's so maniacal, but like the, the fact that he kind of, he kind of wins at, at least for a little while, kind of, kind of adds to it as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, just completes like he doesn't, care like he just doesn't care like yeah. what he does to people and it's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah i love that uh i love when characters do that or like give it so that they're they're on the winning side like you said um that w- when it's executed well it, it's it's awesome it makes an impact i think to the player for me it's kind of tough i wanted to pick uh it's like I'll, I'll just say, I'll just go for it. The GLaDOS from like Portal, oh, specifically nice. like the first one. I just remember playing through Portal for the first time. And just like when you're starting to catch on to the, the tone of mm-hmm. of her as she's kind of narrating you through the game and, and, and talking to you. And when you kind of start as the player figuring out that like her intentions seem like malicious and uh, it, it 
it just gives you like an eerie feeling because you don't necessarily know like she's a piece of AI right and it just really starts to get to that point where um, it, it gets increasingly worse and worse and that you're to the point that you're getting you know attacked and and stuff like that and so I just I really I think that's why I like it is just that kind of build up from like the the first time she talks to you in the game to um you know the final boss fight and stuff like that again i don't for those that haven't played portal again the game's been out for a while so if you haven't played portal you should probably get on it but um yeah like it, it's it's just i love I, I like that map of for that villain and stuff so mm-hmm. um yeah i would have to say glados for sure that would yeah be that's my a good villain. choice yeah I still have never. I still have yet to play Portal Two. Unfortunately, I uh, I missed the boat on it when it first came out. I remember my friend yeah. got it and he was like, "It's so good." I'm like, "Yeah, I gotta get it." Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just got busy and never got it. And you know, more games come out and every year goes by. It's like one of those things. It's kind of like an after the thought. Yeah. Like, like right now, I'm like, "Oh, I should just go and and buy it because I think it's backwards compatible." But um, I think I, I once I find some time, I'll I'll get back to and play that game um so yeah uh you guys can write in with your answers uh to this week's question by emailing us at games at gmail.com or you can just comment on facebook or twitter the questions are posted there it seems to be working better than uh emailing it's easier for you guys to answer on there uh yeah make sure you submit your your answers we got a lot of great answers this week uh, last week we only got one so just yeah if continue to answer the questions we'll continue to do this segment um so let us and know this was w- a good question too i'm I'm looking forward to hearing the what other people's are yeah because yeah. like i was looking up different villains when i came up with this question and there's just so many different levels like i love your take on what makes a good villain right as opposed to there's different takes i'm sure of like iconic villains right thinking of like ganon or a bowser even or something like that mm-hmm, something yeah. that is doesn't really have a lot of depth to those characters but they're i they're known for different reasons right so uh yeah i have a couple i'm excited for the next couple questions coming in the coming weeks because uh there's a couple that yeah i'm just excited to hear what other people have to think um so yeah make sure you're right into uh this week's question so that wraps it up for this week's episode of Games Are Fun. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you share it with someone who you think would enjoy it as well. If you know someone who likes podcasts and like video games, make sure you uh, let them know about this podcast. We're always trying to grow the listener base as much as possible. Uh, and we really appreciate the support that we continue to get each and every week. Again, the podcast airs every Tuesday. It's on all the major podcast platforms. And yeah, next week we're going to have Callum Jones, uh, freelance writer for the Nerd Stash. He came on the show and we had a conversation about Call of Duty and the franchise. Fortunately, there was we ran into some technical issues. You'll probably kind of realize that uh, the conversation seems a little broken up. We had some issues recording and stuff uh he's all the way in the uk and i'm canada here so that could have had something to do with it uh but yeah make sure to to listen to that episode next week and then after that we'll yeah we'll get back on to our regular scheduled program so 
Uh, Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can feel free to hit me up on at uh, Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Awesome. And I am at LukeAllenArm on Twitter, so you can follow me there. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at GamesAreFunPod and Instagram at GamesAreFunPod and games are fun on facebook i think if you even just type in at games are fun podcast in the search bar on facebook it should come up so um yeah this has been another episode of games are fun and we will talk to you guys next week see you later